as it relates to the, the people in their head being like, nobody wants to hear this. It's not important to anyone. I need you to take a step back and say, is it important to you? Does it matter to you? Share it. You need to figure out why you want to be on this platform. If your goal for being on this platform, the only reason you want to be on it is to like get a lot of followers and like make a lot of money, you're going to stop very quickly because that ROI doesn't happen ever for some people, definitely not quickly for most people. Figure out that why. Is it because you want to help people? You want to connect with people because you believe there's a better way to be doing things? That will keep you going because you're like, yeah, I still have something to say about this. I still have something to say about this. It's not like, oh, I didn't get any money from this. And now stop. Welcome to the Art of Coaching Podcast, a show aimed at getting to the core of what it takes to change attitudes, behaviors, and outcomes in the weight room, boardroom, classroom, and everywhere in between. I'm your host, Brett Bartholomew. I'm a performance coach, keynote speaker, and the author of the book, Conscious Coaching. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong student interested in all aspects of human behavior and communication. I want to thank you for joining me. And now let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, heads up on a couple of things. I'm going to be releasing a new project, something that I haven't talked a lot about uh, late this year or early 2020. We're talking between December and February. Now, why the range? A lot of that depends on how things continue to unfold with the pandemic and frankly, just the limitations. As many of you know who are listening, I'm working on a number of projects, including my doctorate. We have this podcast. I have a new son. And so I'd rather underpromise and over deliver. But the bottom line is this is going to be a tremendously impactful project for this kind of person in particular. If you are somebody that wants to help more people, and I use somebody as an inclusive term, this is nothing to do with strength and conditioning. This is nothing to do with health and wellness. This is everything to do with somebody that feels like, I don't know, I want to write a book or start a podcast, or maybe I want a course, or maybe I want to do this or do that. I want to impact more people. If you're somebody who wants to impact more people and you have this idea, but you're not really sure how to really make it happen or the right path to take with it, or you're not quite sure to how to unveil it, how to market it, anything like that. And it could be big or small. It could be anything. This is what this resource is going to be geared to do. So it's going to help you find what you're best at, who needs it, and how to get it to them. Again, it's going to help you find what you're the best at or amongst the best at, who needs it the most, and how to get it to them. If you are interested in this, I'm going to ask you to sign up for our newsletter. It's artofcoaching.com forward slash begin artofcoaching.com forward slash begin. This is where we are going to be releasing all the information, all the leaks, all the little things about this that are going to help you. It is a full-on resource. It's something I've been working on at least since February of 2019, but really my, my whole career. And it started as just kind of some notes and reflections and then turned into a project. And I think you guys are going to really like it. Again, if you are somebody that wants to reach more people, impact them, but you're not quite sure where to start. So that's that, artofcoaching.com forward slash begin. Now, on to today. Our guest is physical therapist turned entrepreneur, Dr. Shante Cofield, aka the Movement Maestro. And she is the founder of the Movement Maestro LLC, which is a social media-based company that provides education both online and in person for professionals around the world. Her specific passion for digital business has helped her amass a tremendous social media following. At the time of the recording, it's around 60,000 people. It's going to be even more so in the years to come. She's become an internationally acclaimed speaker. She has her own podcast, which has been downloaded over a half million times to date. And long story short, she wants to help you or anybody like you if you're somebody that wants to learn more about how to manage social media, how do you optimize your messaging, how do you get this information out there. Now, I know many of you and so, or some of you are not social media people, but there's a lot of people that are. They understand that it's a necessary evil in today's society. And guess what? It doesn't have to be an evil. And that's exactly what Shantae talks about. There's this thing that, yes, can just like anything in the world, like fire or anything else, can be toxic if you don't control it. But she's going to give you strategies to how to optimize it. She's going to cut down a lot of the myths of like, Here's what you have to do. Here's how you have to do it. Here's how you quote unquote become an influencer. It's not about that. It's about incorporating this in your lifestyle in a healthy way. 
how it can actually help you help more people and do these things in a positive manner as well. Now, if you hate social media and you're somebody that's vehemently against it and nobody's ever going to change your mind, this episode's not for you. Okay. If you're somebody that is just curious or you've been burnt out on it before, and but you do understand that you, you like using it sometimes and you want to learn how to use it better, listen up because she is fun. She is passionate. She is educational and informed. And better yet, she just wants to help. So without further ado, Shante Colefield, let's get ready to dive in. Art of Coaching Podcast. I am here today with Shante Colefield. Shante, thanks for coming on. My dude, thank you for having me. This is awesome. Otherwise known as the Movement Maestro, which like when I first met you, I was speaking out for, what was it? We were at that rock. Yeah, rock, rock stock. stock. Yeah. And I remember they introduced you before like anything else. They're like, the Maestro is here. And I go, <laughs> who the hell is the Maestro? Like, I didn't know if this was like, is this a superhero? Is this some kind of enigmatic, like business leader, what have you? And it's kind of all those, but like you had people flocked around you, which kind of speaks to, I remember watching a video on you, your mission of interacting with as many people as possible. You're, you're, you just have that kind of personality, don't you? Dude, it's, it's turned into that. And I freaking love it. I'm not going to lie. I am an introvert, like very much an introvert, but in times like that, and when you're around your people, I know you the same way. When you're around your people, it just feels so right and feels so good. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And it is funny when I when I tell people the same thing. Hey, I actually am an introvert. They're like, get out of here. You have a, oh, a quote unquote a brand and a podcast, and you're like, yeah, guess what? That's one part of my life. Exactly. But there are many parts. Talking about your life, you know, as somebody that identifies many different ways, right? Former D1 athlete, physical therapist. And I love in one of your videos, you say, what you see is a lot of letters behind my name that may not mean anything to you, yeah. right? But like what you need to know is I really want to help you and you want to know what my experience is. Talk to me about some of that. Like just, you know, a lot of people know if you want to become a physical therapist or a practitioner, there's, there's traditional routes, but what were some of the uncommon things you did to kind of get to where you are today? Things that you might have, somebody might scoff at, but had a really unusual value for you. I think one of the biggest things was that I hated PT school. I hated being a PT to start off with. And that largely led me to what I do today. I haven't treated as a physical therapist in two years. Uh, so yeah, since about 2018. Uh, something that was, became very important to me but basically when I was living in New York, I lived there for nine years. So I had just graduated and I was, you know, in my career. And one of the things that became very important to me was creating a list of things that I didn't want to do and working to cross things off of that list because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I think that I was, you know, fortunate in that I'm not that old, but I'm 35, but the way that Instagram works, it wasn't a thing when I was in school. It wasn't like, oh, you could see all these people doing all this stuff and you had like an idea of like, oh, but I could do that thing or that other option. It was like, you are a PT or you're a staff clinician or you're like gray cook. There was like no, nothing in between. And I was like, yeah. so I guess this is, this is what I got to do. And I wasn't really happy with that. So, but I also didn't know what to do. So it became a matter of make a list of things I didn't want to do. I didn't want to wake up early. I didn't want to walk to work in the snow. I didn't want to have to be going to work and coming home from work when it was dark, which happens in New York City. Like I love living there, but the weather and the time is just, it's a little rough. So I made a list of things I didn't want and just worked towards crossing that off. Uh, and that actually was probably the biggest and most helpful thing for my career because it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to shoot for this thing and then I'm sad if I miss it. I didn't really know what it was. It was just, let's not do these things. And then the opportunities that come up that would allow me to cross these things off the list, I went for them. And I'm deeply appreciative of the idea of a list of things you don't want to do, especially when we live in productivity land now where everybody's like, what's your morning routine? What's this? Right? I, I finally <laughs> laughed the other day because somebody uh, had posted that their morning routine was, you know, the whole cold shower thing, whatever. And then at 6 a.m., they oh and their family and their kids go for a three mile walk. And then here comes the emails. I'm like, really? You have, you have all these kids what? under 10 and you've got a three mile walk locked in at 6 AM. But then like, somebody goes, uh, my, 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 uh, what did they say? My morning routine is wake up at 3 AM, take a pee, go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I love this idea of a what not to do list because we're just drowning in this self-sacrificial, this is what I do yes. to be a leader. It's more and more and more kind of nonsense. Totally. It's so funny. 
have a pee at three. That's a good, that's, yeah, that's routine. I pee at three. I, uh, I ask Alexa what time it is. And when she says it's three, I'm like, cool. I got a few more hours of sleep. That's it. Right. <laughs> Solid routine. Um, you know, and, and speaking of that, you, I mean, you've lived in a wide variety of ways and you do at the time of this recording, you have, you do have a, a, an insanely loyal following, right? Like you look at the numbers um, and you think, people. okay, nearly 60,000 people, but that number is never indicative of like the depth. I know for me, so like I would rather have a thousand soldiers, metaphorically yes. speaking, right. than yes. a million followers. Talk to me about how you've cultivated that kind of insane loyalty insane being complimentary in, yeah, in for this sure. case. For sure. Uh, I think the biggest thing there is time. One of the things I, you know, I, I teach social media, I teach Instagram for a living now and how to use it for business and such. And one of the things that I would never wish on someone is going viral because when you go viral, everybody comes in, they don't even take time to like know you. It's like, everyone's just coming to you with their hand out. One of the best things that's happened to me is that this growth has happened super slowly over time. Right? It's the story of the 10 year overnight success. So I actually did my first post on Instagram on September 24th, 2016, excuse me, 2014. So today is September 23rd. So this was, you know, almost six years to the day since my first post. And all of that growth happened very, very gradually. And for me, like I, like I said a little bit before, I think it was very fortunate that I started when I did because I wasn't trying to, you know, mimic anybody else. And I didn't know what any, anything meant. So it wasn't like I went onto Instagram in order to try and grow a business. I literally joined Instagram to try and just connect with people and share my ideas. I saw, you know, K-Star was doing it. Wadak was doing it. And that was about it. And I was like, all right, cool. Let me just, let me try and do this and connect with some people. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go on Instagram and I grow this really big, you know, family of people, this big lot of followers, and I'm going to like sell them products. That was never, not anything wrong with that, but that wasn't my goal. So I never had that like need for that kind of ROI. I just wanted to show up and connect with people. Yeah. So, so if I'm hearing what you're saying, that part of that loyalty came, you didn't come on and just start selling. You provided years oh. and years and years over half a decade of value before you ever even had a business or asked anything exactly. of anyone. Exactly. I think then people see like my initial launch, my, I did my first digital product last year. And my first online, like my first uh, in-person courses at the end of 2018. And see, people see that and they're like, oh, they, it went so well and you had these big launches. And it's like, because exactly what you just said, Brett, I was giving stuff away, meaning my time and my my knowledge and, and connecting with people for years before I ever asked them for anything in return. So when you disrupt and it's, you know, very much unintentionally disrupt the balance of that relationship because you give, give, give. It's like when you go to dinner with somebody, if they're always paying at some point, you're like, let me pay. And that's exactly what happened with, with social media was I just kept showing up and I was having conversations in the DMs and I was responding to every comment because I genuinely wanted to connect with these people. And they were, you know, you realize that there's a person on the other side of the, of the screen there. And so finally, when you are like, hey, I have something for you, which is literally what it was. It wasn't like I have something that I will gain things from. It was like, I've heard you say you have this problem. And if you want, here's the solution. The exchange this time will be money. but here's a solution to a problem. That's it. And so many people were willing, were willing to take me up on it because I had been showing up for them for years. And you bring up an interesting point regarding, you know, there's so many people that are against social media, but they're for journaling, right? They're for reflecting. Mm -hmm. They're for all these things. And I know uh, I started on Instagram and I, I think I, you know, I mean, you blow me away. You have like 3,648 posts. You know, I have over 2000, but like, I look at those, those are all journal entries. Those are all <laughs> thoughts. And you know, when people kind of say, oh, social media is not for me, but I keep a journal. I'm like, it's just a different form of journal, right? For me, it was a very informal blog because I never really, you know, I'll, I've written a book, but I don't wake up every day being like, I can't wait to write today, you know? <laughs> and, and if I had done a blog, I knew that every single thing I was going to write was going to be criticized and it would have to be super in depth given our scientific background. So Instagram was kind of an excuse of saying, hey, I can put some informal and formal if I want to thoughts out there. And, but that's a lot of time. It's a lot, like you said, it's the it 10 is. year overnight success, right? It is. It is time. And that's the biggest thing that people, I don't know if they don't realize it. They don't want to give it. It's interesting because on like one hand, they want it to go faster, but on one hand, they don't want to cherish it. And on one hand, they don't really value it. And on the other hand, they realize that they don't have enough of it. So it's really interesting how people view time. I think it's, you know, the most valuable resource that we have. We can't make more of it, but we have to also remember it's going to pass anyway. So let me do the things that I truly love that I just really enjoy, or at least work towards being able to do the things that I really love and the things that I really, you know, enjoy. As such, if I'm filling this time 
and sharing that time and giving that time to other people, they realize that because inherently, instinctually somewhere in people's brains, they realize how valuable that resource is. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think I want to come back. I'm making a note here. I want to come back to the online project launch. But speaking of time and how important that is, you know, one thing that's always drawn me to you is your sense of humor, right? The the formality and the informality blended in one where you know it's just it's so well executed on your behalf. And comedy is the ultimate form of intelligence in many ways, right? Um, But it can also lead to perceptions. Like for me, I know Time is critical, having been hospitalized at a young age, seeing a lot of members of my family die at a relatively young age. Oftentimes I get perceived as, from an outsider that may not know me, as aggressive, right? Man, you're just really intense and aggressive. And But really for me, that's it's a lot of urgency. And I mm-hmm. leverage that in my brand because your brand should be who you really are. Is there a way where your, uh, like the comedic sense of you has been misperceived where people may think, hey, there's this idea of what a therapist or a professional or, or what somebody should be. And, you know, you're not doing the due diligence here in terms of representing the field in the right way. Do you ever get any of that crap? I personally don't receive it, but I'm sure it's out there. I think people just haven't said it to me and I don't care. I, that's, yeah. I love what you said about just being your brand. I could not agree with that more and showing up with authenticity. I think part of the reason that I don't, people don't say that to me is because I don't put it out there as like, you have to do it this way. I'm just like, hey this is how I'm doing it. And that's cool. If you want to do it another way, that's amazing too. I, I am not for everyone. And it's not about, you know, the phrase of when you market for everyone, you market to no one or you market to everyone, you market to no one. I believe that when you market to everyone, you miss out on the opportunity to be remarkable for someone. No question. That's what I'm really going for is like, what kind of results are, are we able to get? I do try to point that out um, without pointing anyone out. And saying that there, uh, the utilization of physical therapy is like something like 10% of like the population, right? mm-hmm. some, stu- some stupid low number. And I'm like, if your goal, like we all went into this profession to help people. And if you're going to be worrying about what I'm doing, that means you're, not, you're wasting time, which we were just talking about being so valuable, where you could be helping someone and, and making yourself relatable to someone. People have no idea what physical therapists do how they can help them, that they even really exist. So for people to be like, you know, commenting on my thing in any kind of negative capacity, I'm just like, how do you have the time to do this? You need to go be doing something else, like helping your people. It's the same, you know, one of the things that grinds my gears the most on social media, and I know you talk about it too, is like when people just completely miss the point and they spend time arguing with each other of like, where are the studies and prove that this thing is right and prove that. And it's just like, go make yourself relatable to your people. Go help your people. You arguing with me or trying to argue with me, it doesn't help anyone. I see this like savior complex. A lot of PTs have it. Like, it's my job to call out other PTs. The watchdog. I'm a watchdog. Dude. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, it's your job to help your people. That's yeah. it. I, uh, you know, our listeners vary tremendously in demographic. We, we certainly have people that are strength coaches and, and are therapists, but we also have people in other businesses, dentists, doctors, you know, what have you. And, uh, but one thing they, they can all relate to, and we've talked about in this show is, you know, something happened the other day where I, I got sent a, a link on Twitter and I opened this up and I always know Uh-oh. when this is, yeah, I know what this Uh-oh. is going to be. And it, it gets bad when they go, what are your thoughts on this? And I'm like, yes. oh God. And they were going nuts because uh, Georgia Tech strength coach, I guess, had had, and great guy, Lou Corral, I've met him, interacted with him, spoke down there, phenomenal human being. But what have you, the, the players were lifting weights on the sideline, Shantae. And so, like, I remember people were like, what are they doing? They shouldn't be doing curls on the sideline. And I'm like, I don't have the time to dive into this. <laughs> exactly. I, I know this man. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. What you see is not all there is. I'm not sounding off on this. No. But sure enough, 800 other strength coaches that have nothing better to do with their day or that want to be perceived as, you know, the end all. And and I get it. Like at one point when I was younger, like you'd sound off on that too, but it's just like, guys, take a breath, like go kiss your husband or wife or your partner or go do something, like go do, that's it. Go do something. So like with that, I know that those are people I'm not for, right? I'm not for the people that want to be contentious and pound their chest. Building off your, what you don't want to do list who are you not for? Those same people. I namely am not for people who want to be spoon fed. I'm not for people Amen. who, you know, are looking for shortcuts. I'm really for people that want to be independent thinkers. I got an email the other day actually about this. 
thought that was really good. Uh, and the person wrote to me and was just like, very, very respectful in how they wrote and what they were asking. And they were just like, would it be possible or have you thought about like doing a post where basically you, you say that, you know, if you can't show up every day, it's okay because not everyone can show up every day. Like, especially people with different, different abilities. Yeah. And I sat with it because my messaging is very much like, you know, social media, like you want to, you want to really grow on this thing, post every day, show up every day. The, the, the tangent from that is like, just never miss twice. Like if you can't, you don't do it this day. Okay. Well then make sure that you show up the next day. And I sat with it because ultimately what I really want is an audience that understands that I am by no means putting someone down if they can't show up in the same way as me, Mm. that I'm simply saying, this is how I show up. And that's what I, you know, I always, I'm never here to say that you have to do it this way. I'm simply saying, this is what I've done. And these are the results that I've got by that, by no means means that if you do it the exact same way, you're going to get the same results. But I need these independent thinkers that can take a step back and, you know, read between the lines and listen around the edges and are able to be like, okay, Maestro's saying this, Maestro's doing this. And I can understand that this messaging is still for me because I can think independently and take what I need from this. Not like I have to be said, told this exact thing. So I was like, really appreciated that email. And I'm still thinking about how I want to include that as like, you know, a message. Cause I also find that the flip side, and you know, when you give someone an inch, they take a mile. And it's like, when you tell people like, yeah, you don't have to show up every day, then they don't show up. Yeah, no, that is tough. <laughs> the, the inch and mile thing is tough. And I, I know, for example, I got a DM today about somebody that, you know, they're working with an athlete. That athlete has an eating disorder, male athlete, obviously my oh, background mm-hmm. and my hospitalization. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. they, you know, they, they kind of write out eight paragraphs, literally, you know, what, what they're asking. I take a couple breaths and I respond as much as I can, right? I, do, I don't know the individual. They're basically asking me what they should do with this kid. I don't know the kid. So I, exactly. I, I try not to give them cliches. I try to give them pointed strategic advice. I also share some examples. I have a video on YouTube that talks about, it's called from uh, struggle to strength coach that talks about how I overcame that and some other things. And then I didn't hear back from the person. So sometimes it's also difficult because you'll pour a lot into people. They demand a lot of you. You'll, you'll try to give them what you can back, but then they never, it's just, they they, they take it for granted. And then the next thing they ask you for another and another, and it's like, Hey, can there just be a recognition here that like, you know, is this is supposed to be an interaction. It feels very one way, you know? And, and that's one one thing I want to ask you when you talk about posting every day, you know, there are some people that get drained by that and it's understandable. Right. And, uh, what, like what advice you have for the person that feels like I don't have anything to say, or I don't feel like anything I have to say is impactful. And nobody wants to hear from me, the imposter phenomenon. What do you say to that? I like what you call a phenomenon. Uh, so number one, like from the, like, coach that is that I am and from the the athlete that I am we know it's discipline over motivation it's not like oh I'm gonna be inspired to post today it's like no I have the discipline to show up because today might suck but I'm still gonna show up and do the, and do the thing as it relates to the the people in their head being like nobody wants to hear this it's not important to anyone I need you to take a step back and say is it important to you does it matter to you share it yeah. As it relates to stories, you share your joy. As it relates to you know actual feed post, share what matters to you about this this subject. That's that's it. It's not about you know turning this uh, the lens outside and saying well people care. It's really about could this help someone. That's yeah. the bigger thing to be looking at. And I get it. In the beginning, it sucks because you make any traction. This is also why I said earlier. You know, I felt you know very fortunate in that. I started and there wasn't like other people to like compare myself to, but I also started just because I wanted to connect with people and I was just trying to put my message out there. You need to figure out why you want to be on this platform. If your goal for being on this platform, the only reason you want to be on it is to like get a lot of followers and like make a lot of money, you're going to stop very quickly because that ROI doesn't happen ever for some people or definitely not quickly for most people. Figure out that why. Is it because you want to help people? You want to connect with people because you believe there's a better way to be doing things? That will keep you going. Because you're like, yeah, I still have something to say about this. I still have something to say about this. It's not like, oh, I didn't get any money from this, and now I'm going to stop. Yeah, and I think to connect your points about money, am I getting anything out of this, return on investment, return on time, I try to tell people if they start with a smaller audience like we all did, and let's say you're getting two likes of this, whatever the vanity metrics are, well, you got to look at it like you're investing, right? Like whether you have a retirement uh, or what have you or you have a portfolio, 
Imagine how miserable you'd be if you check your stocks or your retirement every day, right? Exactly. Sometimes the market's up 800 points. Sometimes it's tanked. And so if you said, man, I used to have, and I'm making up a number here, right? I used to have uh, 90,000 in the account. Now it's down to 13,000. Well, you know, that's, yes, like in everything, there's gains and losses, but you have to trust the value of compound interest. There that's are it. weeks, and I think at the time you and I are talking, I think I have like 90 some odd thousand followers, but I've only gained 76 in the past week. Now, mm -hmm. I know that because we check insights maybe monthly just to see what's connecting, yeah. especially since I'm crossing over my message to, hey, just athletes and, and movement to communication and leadership. So we've got to see, you know, who our real audience is mm -hmm. and, and who maybe just wants to cling to the past. And we're grateful for both. But for my sure. point is, is there's some days I lose 34, 100, 150 yes. followers. You have to, you can't look at it like that, can you? Like, how yeah. do you manage whether your points are connecting and how do you manage the expectations of the growth of your audience, how fast it is, how slow it is? Do you even think I, about it? Yes and no. So you can't, like, I would never be like, oh, those numbers don't matter, right? Because people say that and I'm like, the numbers, they do matter. They're they just not everything. You yeah. You know what I mean? And people say that and it's like, don't say that to people. Like, they do matter. That's why they're on there, but they're just not everything. Uh, I think for... Me, it ties into what you said earlier that you'd rather have a thousand loyal, you know, Kevin Kelly's article, you'd rather have a thousand loyal soldiers than this vanity metric of a hundred thousand. So what I, what I do and what I've always done is really focus on my, my current people. And I love on my current people hard because in reality and in the society that we're in right now, if you're looking to grow, that's how you're going to grow the fastest is by somebody else spreading their message to people who trust them. Like you could go on a TV show today and say all your services and all your stuff and your service, your, your, your sales probably wouldn't change that much unless that person who brought you on has a really loyal following yeah. and that those people trust them because they're the ones that are ultimately spreading your message. So it's all about who do I currently have? Who's here right now? How can I over deliver for them? How can I be remarkable for them? Because they are the ones that are going to be spreading your message the farthest and the fastest. So how I get over it is focusing on my current people because that actually happened earlier this year. I made a really hard pivot into digital business. And, you know, I started, that's why my name was the movement maestro. I was just doing movement videos, not just, I was doing movement videos uh, and PT stuff. I've been doing digital business for the past five years when, you know, Rona hit and everyone started pivoting. I was like, listen, I can help you. And this is actually where my passion is. So I'm going to change my content and this is what it's going to be about. And I would lose, you know, 300, 400 followers in a week. Easy. Yeah. And it was just like, let Spring me focus cleaning. on who's still here. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. And I, I remember going on your website as you know, I continue to do research into you and just to get to know you and, and you're such an enigma, but you had this quote where you said, you know, movement unites us all and you're right. It does. I, you know, I believe another thing that unites us all is communication, right? That's the core yeah. essence of our business. And, and you're doing that in your own way in terms of uh, digital communication and finding that medium. What do you say to people then that, you know, you said, if I heard you correctly, you haven't treated in a formal way in over two years. Did I get that fact, no, right? That's correct. Yeah. For people that say, well, like, how can you even, uh, you know, say that you're a physical therapist or this and that, if you're not still quote unquote, hands on with people. And I would be like, if that bothers you, then don't consider me a physical therapist. <laughs> I love that. I love how simple it, well, and, and selfishly I ask that because when we put, you know, now I'll only work with athletes a certain number of times a year, right? There's a certain percentage of the year. I, you know, I went from this guy that wanted to, you know, have 500 guys in the yeah. off season and six, right? and I loved it. And for that point, my career valid, valid, it. loved it. I wanted bigger groups, more challenges. Cause I wanted to test mm -hmm. my skills as a coach. Now I've kind of told people, Hey, it's kind of a concierge thing, not meaning one-to-one -one, meaning I'll still train groups, but like, you're going to have to seek me out and we're going to have to come to an agreement. That's like it. I'm not out there pleading for business. Like, please, uh, you know, come, <laughs> come, I need the footage on my Instagram. I won't charge you anything. You know, you put a value on it, but I had somebody be like, you know, so are you even still a strength coach now? And I'm like, yeah, through these months, you know, I do this yeah. in special projects. But other than that, I'm, I'm a coach's coach. I'm, you know, I coach leaders, I coach communication and uh, anybody that wants to complain that, about that, there's so many other people to follow. I said, go over there. You know, the biggest thing that, I, I started, I kind of grappled with this a little bit as I was still teaching, but not really treating as much. So I worked for Rock Tape, love that company, best company. And I was treating, teaching for them, but not treating as much. And I sat with that and I was like, is this going to be a weird thing? Mm. And I think we all need to be honest with ourselves. And I'll speak just to PTs. Like, this is not rocket science. And working with a human is like Brett said, all about connection. Yeah. 
Yeah. 99% of whether or not that person gets better is do they trust you? Do they do, will they do, you know, do what you ask? Do they believe in what you're doing? And I need a citation like for me. that. I need a citation for that. You know, I need, okay, exactly. you know, like, it's like, yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's like Bill, you know, I always make this and maybe people are tired of it, but if Bill Gates isn't writing a bunch of code right now in his spare time, but if Bill Gates needed to come write code, he can do, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you can still treat somebody. And I'm pretty sure that even if you catch me on a month, I'm not coaching formally. I can still run a warm up. Listen, I can I teach still, you agility. I can still do it. And if you actually know either of us, you know, our integrity. And if someone was to come to me and I was like, I can't help you. I wouldn't be like trying to make up something to be like, oh, but I'm still a PT. I'd be like, dude, I built a phenomenal network. Go see this person. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, speaking of let's, let's continue down social media strategy with that being such a huge part of what you're doing now. And guys, if you're listening, you know, we have a great episode with Nikolai Morris as well, who has strong messages for coaches who think social media is a waste of time. You know, I, I'd really check that out because her research is clear, but Shantae, let's go to the management. Cause for some people we've talked about mm-hmm. how it can be intimidating, right? Sure. Like, I remember one time, you know, somebody mentioned that they had a content calendar to me and I go, Mm -hmm. well, what is this content calendar? And they're like, well, we kind of schedule out our posts of what they're going to be and what months we're going to target on this. Do you have anything like that? Or do you wake up and is it kind of ad hoc what you're feeling, what you're passionate about in the moment? It is more of that, of the latter, what I'm passionate about than anything else. Um, The big thing with that, and I think the Corona has hopefully highlighted that for people is that you need to know how you work and how you learn, how you operate. If you are the type of person that needs a lot of structure or you're like super busy, I don't have any kids. So like I have the time to be able to do this. And that's what I do for, you know, for a living now. But if you know that like you can only get things done, if you batch things, if you have a schedule, then do that. Yeah. I know personally for me, the best thing is a deadline. If you tell me that this project is due three years from now, I will work on it the night before three years from now. Yeah. I will not work on it until then. So for me, it's like, this is, I'm in the moment. I know how long things will take. You know, also, if you leave it to the last minute, it only takes a minute. So I'm, I'm very big with, with kind of doing that. Um, but if people need that content calendar, right, you know, I think that when it comes to, um, you know, the business side of things, if you are launching certain things and putting things out there, there is kind of this inherent strategy, you know, you can be more refined with it, but you can also just think about like creating hype for something. You can watch what Apple does, you know, like they, they leak things beforehand, they build up some, some buzz around it before they actually get people on a wait list, things like that. So yeah, I'll do things you know, according to that. And now because I just have more stuff on my calendar, I have to like actually have a big calendar so I can be like, Oh, this is when I want to be doing this. But otherwise when it comes to posting, it's kind of like, this is what I find interesting is what we're gonna be talking about today. I have a running list in my phone as well of just ideas this way. Like you would ask before, like if you wake up and you're like, I don't have anything to say today, I have a running list of things and I can pull from there. Yeah. And I've done posts on, uh, to, to touch on that. I don't have anything to say today. Sometimes I've done a post on that. Yeah. Not, not every, every hey, hey, my post today is not everything you feel, not everything you say is going to feel especially impactful, but say it anyway, it. because law of large numbers, 8 billion people, give or take, right? I know it's less. Those of you that are fact checking wise asses, <laughs> uh, like, but a lot of freaking people in the world, somebody relates to it. And you mentioned, you know, essentially what is Parkinson's law, right? Like needing a yep, deadline. And uh, I, I think that's impactful. You know, it, it does get tricky. I think one thing I'm bad at, and I don't know if you relate to this, but, you know, with the podcast, sometimes I can forget to mention certain things like our newsletter, our reflection sheets, yeah. our courses. And then I'm like, hey, you know what, guys, our ideal listener is hopefully going to listen to one more than one. So I, my point is, is, is I used to put a lot of pressure on myself of thinking if there is a yes. new book, if there is this, now's the chance to let everybody know coming this summer. You know, and I'm like, no, no, it's OK. We can do it on the next podcast. And if anything, they'll appreciate the fact that we didn't, you know, we just got right into the episode with that one. Mixed bag. That voice was so good, Brett. (laughs) In a world where Shantae Coalfield shares her strategies, this time it's for real. (laughs) Maybe somebody will hear that and I'll get like a side job and I'll be in a Pixar film. (laughs) You know, you and I in a Pixar film is what we need out of this. I would love love to be in an animated film. That'd be so fun. What would your character look like? You know, what what character, like if you had to play like an anamorphic character that couldn't be human or humanoid, what would you be? So there's a movie, you know, Cars. There's yeah. like, I don't know what number video of it from, is there from Cars, but there's one where there's like a car trainer yeah. and it's like a yellow Corvette, I believe. And she's like training, uh, what's his name to come back. And my sister's always like, that's you. And I'm like, I'm so you're cool the, you're that. the, you're the train. I'm the trainer. It's like a, no, it's the a trainer, car. The trainer. It's trainer. Oh, that's training. It. 
Yeah. Now Whatever. you know. I'm, I'm I'm thinking about what I would be. I know it'd be something absurd, you know. But that's that's a hot seat question to reflect upon for later. <laughs> so going back to strategy, you know, there's so many different modes and mediums to communicate, right? And uh, there are a lot of people that do tremendous job on captions and simple photos. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know that my photos when I first started on social media. They were not, you know, uh, mm-hmm. like high quality, high res, what have you. There's a lot of people that feel like they need a pro camera mm-hmm. or like, you know, now there's video. And I know you are an absolute ninja at the whole reels thing, which admittedly I haven't, I haven't even dabbled in yet. The thing seems oh. intimidating to me. So I need you to teach yeah. me reels. Um, but where should somebody kind of like, what do you feel like is the quote unquote best medium for somebody that is trying to say, all right, I've dipped my toe in this but I feel overwhelmed. Which, which one sure. should I double down on? I think it's the same thing that I would answer about movement is the one that you're going to stick with. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. I do, however, believe that because we are in the business of trust, because we're you know interacting with humans, they need to see your face. Yeah. And so whether you're showing, if maybe you're only showing it in your stories, that's totally fine, but they do need to see, people need to see your face and build trust that way. But as it relates to posts, you know, doing a, a, a graphic or a video, do the one that you know you can stick, that you can stick to. Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful. Cause I know in, infographics are a huge rage or would for a while or for a while. Yeah. I don't make those. I don't know. That's not no, my skill set. I don't set. do it either. That's not my skill set, right? Like here's a simple picture. Here's a caption That's or it. here's a video of me grungy as hell trying to say mm-hmm. what I think. It might frighten totally. children, but it's me, right? <laughs> hundred percent. I'm not, I'm not the infographic person. And for those of you out there that really are like, Oh, but I like making them like use Canva and make them do it. But then you still got to show your face. I see so many accounts that blew up. They got huge because of these infographics, a lot of information presented quickly, but then there's no trust being built with that actual person. Like you don't know who's like doing it. Yeah. When that person's like, Oh, I'm going to sell something. I'm going to have an in-person thing. I'm going to do some event. They're like, but who are you? Right. No, that's a great point. And I know in our business, I don't, you know, I don't want people to always think me when it's art of coaching. You know, we want mm-hmm. other, we want other leaders to be promoted within the company and share our stuff and what have you. But at the same time, there's that truth that people still have to identify me as what That's this it. thing is, you 100%. know, they do. but that goes against so much of what we hear now of like, Hey, true leaders are in the background. They last, you know, if you, if you have a face out there, you're not humble. How do you kind of address that? Or do you think that's even just is mean, that antiquated advice today? I think, I think that, you know, it takes all kinds. And, you know, if you're looking for a business coach, you're looking for messaging that resonates with you. If that resonates with you, awesome. Uh, if that, if you hear it and it doesn't really sit well with you, find someone else who's not living that way. I am all about branding. I wear my brand on everything. I get the thing trademarked. I love it. I am my brand. i my business model is actually the smaller business model. I don't, the thought of scaling and having a lot more people working for me and working under me is terrifying to me. I'm just like, I don't want that. Model. So is it just so, you? So it's me. I have a virtual assistant, Lex, who is amazing. I have a website guy who like, sometimes when something breaks, I'm like, please fix this. Otherwise I do, I did learn how to do a lot of stuff uh, on my own. That was part of the thing when I reached out to him, I was like, I need you to teach me how to do this too. Because if something breaks I, and you're like asleep, yeah, I need to be able to do this. Uh, and I have a uh, a person who edits my long podcast episode. So my team is really small. Uh, I'm going to be expanding, if you will, but in a different kind of way uh, next coming upcoming months by just partnering with somebody uh, for a new project. But the idea of like having this really, really big team for me, it's not how I run a business. So I've done posts about this in the past where, you know, if you're trying to start something, find someone who has the lifestyle that you want, that has the values that you want, that has the, you know, the coaching approach that you want and you believe in, and then go from that. You know, if you're about like, you know, like you were saying, leaders at last and be super humble and things like that. And that's the coaching approach you want. Then you go find that person. I'm not that person. Um, I will eat with you and make sure that all of you eat. Yes. Uh, but I'm not I like eat eating that, too. But. I want to eat together. I don't want to eat last. Cause think about it. If you eat last, then like, you know, how the hell are you going to relate to anybody? They're already on to exactly. the next thing and you're just sitting there They're finishing done. your mashed potatoes still. <laughs> exactly. hundred percent. But, you know, touching on that, like finding a team is incredibly hard, right? I think a bitter pill yes. that I had to swallow knowing that I run a company that is, you know, art of coaching, communication, and, you know, knowing how to read people and what have you, I have made some bad hires. And, mm-hmm. you know, I followed kind of the old Tim Ferriss advice of, you know, find a VA and then, you know, you try, you, you realize you get what you pay for. But then, yes, then I remember, then I remember I paid a lot for a VA and I didn't get what I paid for. And I'm like, all right, you don't get what you paid for. And I should have known that because I watch Moneyball. And then I had, I had, I had heard this and I, I say all this just to get context. Cause I, I want to hear your stories, but then I had heard, all right, we'll hire somebody 
that's, you know, you're going to have to kind of poach somebody and not like literally poach, but find somebody that's kicked ass. So I tried that, didn't fit because of their answer for me growing my business was basically spend an obscene amount of money and hire a bunch of people, but they didn't really give uh-huh. like, you know, Hey, just spend more money. Mm-hmm. Okay. That didn't work. And then I heard, well, hire for values and you can teach performance and you, you can do that. But then at some point somebody needs to work, uh, learn how to work autonomously. Right. Yeah. And like, you can't, if you teach performance that, that means you're going to have to pour a lot more of things that not only, you know, but things you don't know. Shantae, where the hell do you go to find good people? And like, how do you disseminate your team and the right fit for you? For sure. So for me, I, you know, I, part of, I was basically an only child for many, like, the first eight years of my life. And I kind of carried that with me. And so I, I am that person that we have group projects. I just want to like do it myself because I know it'll get done right. Uh, and I don't think anything that's a bad thing or inherently negative. But one of the things that I've done uh, is that I encourage my audience to show up in a certain kind of way. I put my values out there and I'm like, this is how I live. And if you want to live that way, awesome. And one of the things I always tell people is ask. You have to have the courage to ask for something. If you don't ask, the answer will always be no. I encourage people to be independent thinkers. And so what, how I found my VA was she actually asked me. So it worked out beautiful and she came up to me and was like you always say to ask so i'm gonna ask do you need someone to work for you because i'd love to help you in any capacity i didn't even know if i needed someone yet but i was like this is the kind of person i want with you take the initiative and then when it comes to actually hiring that's i think there's a matter of actually testing people and, and knowing what you need before you go and try to hire someone. So I think that the messaging is kind of erroneous out there as well when they're just like, grow, hire people, scale, do this other stuff. I need people to know, do you actually need to scale yet? Or you just need, do you just need to like automate that thing? What exactly do you need done? Figure that out. This is why I believe you should do it first yourself. Do, what exactly do you need done? Okay, then hire someone that can do that. And the way that you're gonna know if they can do that or learn that is by testing them and be like, so when I hired my podcast editor, I was like, I'll pay you for this one episode. I want you to edit it and let me see what you can do. But we had that discussion beforehand of like, you know, I want to see, had she done her research? And she actually came recommended from a friend who also uses the same editor. So I think that for me, it's been cultivating that kind of audience. I think that those are the people that you will find that fit your team the best. They've either gone to your program, they've done something with you. You know that they have that shared value. You ask for, you know, a recommendation from other people and then you test them based on what you actually need. You're not hiring just because someone said to hire. You're hiring because you're like, I have a problem and now I need a solution. Yeah, it's an excellent point. I think, you know, one thing we do now based on my past failures is I have uh, a little bit of a quiz that tests the organizational Mm -hmm. fit. It asks them to rank certain things, you know, one through six, and then we compare it with, you know, what are our needs or where do we think the company is and its ability to provide that and then also the environment that it is. And then as, as goofy as it can sound, we, we created our own kind of personality kind of assessment because we just yeah. felt like the disc and so many of the things out there are devoid of context, right? It's like, I remember my yep. wife had to fill out the disc one time and it was like, are you popular or are you positive? And it was like, <laughs> what? And so now we have a better kind of way. And then I think, you know, another thing that we've started to implement now, or at least we are going forward, we haven't used it yet in full transparency. Any, any hire going forward will be a 90 day trial period saying, hey, we have no issue with, like, you will have a contract, we'll have everything formalized, but within 90 days, we both have the opportunity to say, is this what we thought it would be, or is it at least an environment that challenges us appropriately, and if not, we walk away, no hard feelings, you know, all good. I love it. I think one of the best things that you said there too, Brett, was that you've done the thing. I think people get, like, so scared, like, but suppose I hire the wrong person, like, just get started. I learned from what Brett is saying, but also like so much of what you're saying you're making now is because you did these things and you were like, oh, that actually wasn't the best way to do it. And so now I've learned. So I I love that. I've had hires, you know, I hired a VA first and it wasn't the greatest fit. And I was like, okay, I learned from that and I can now take these other steps and do these other things to make sure that the next time is better. Yeah. You mentioned doing the thing and you've talked about that several times on a recent post, at least recent in relation to the timing of this recording. You talk about time management, just put the damn thing on the calendar, which I love. Um, You know, you mentioned you first, you launched your first online product, right? Launching Mm -hmm. is not easy. Launching is a multifaceted complex nightmare in some capacities. Can you, can you talk to us a little bit? One, what was a project product 
And then how did you kind of approach the launch? If you're comfortable sharing, like what yeah, were some I learnings from that? Bet. Absolutely. So for me, the first thing I truly launched in a digital capacity was my Breathing with the Maestro online course. Before that, I launched my in-person course and I launched that largely through Instagram. But for me, and I really make sure to say this to people, it was very different because I had been putting out content and developing this audience and growing this family for years. So I truly believe, truly believe that the more you know, effort and care you put in beforehand, the less strategy you need during the, the thing, right? To me, the success of your launch is directly proportional to the effort you put in before your launch and how much you're showing up before then. I, I you know, yes, you, could you like totally like optimize and maximize things by doing some of the other stuff? For sure. But if you've shown up for your people and you care, you've loved on your people, they're going to buy your thing, whether your page looks like this or looks like this. And then when we're looking at next level strategy and you have kind of a cold audience, it's a little different. But when you're selling to people that love you, they're just like, this is awesome. I want, you know, you want those, those, uh, those super fans. So for me, it was this online, you know, breathing course. And that started by number one, listening to my people. And just, it was a question I kept getting asked about it was like, just about breathing like that. And I was like, I've been learning about this for you know a few years now. And I do have some answers and you keep having you know, largely the same questions. Let me create a solution for you. I did the you know typical of like create some hype around it. Um, I also believe that the more invested your people are in the project, uh, and the more included your people are in the building of this product, the more likely they are to buy. So when I first started this, I got people on a on a I don't, on an email list, and I asked them, "I'm like, what do you want out of this? How what price do you want? Would you you know pay for this thing? You know what questions do you have? What what one thing would make you walk away from watching this course and be like, I got my money's worth. This was worth it." And I made sure to include those things. I did largely a lot of email marketing, meaning I just sent emails to them to this you know very interested group of people. Uh, and then when the date, you know, I set a date and I was like, it's coming out then. And I was very much working on that thing, like up until the minute before it launched. Uh, and then it was a matter of just, you know, card is open and here, here's the solution to your, the problems you've been asking me. Yeah, no. And, and that's, I think you did a really good job breaking that down, right? Essentially you're saying, get to know your audience really well. And, and mm-hmm. in doing so you help them to get to know themselves, right? There's a lot of self-reflection that goes on of what's yeah. the core problem. What do you think you need? What do they actually need? What price point can they afford? And then, like you said, just nurturing that, you know, and people think email lists and all these things are evil. No, it's interactive. No it's, way, a way, it's, it's a way to facilitate it. Right. And um, we're, like we have, another, we have another launch coming up in January and, and you're right. You do have to be thoughtful. Like we always try to make sure not to bombard our list, you know, yeah. but then on the other hand, there's been times where I thought I was bombarding my list and they're like, no, no, we want to know more. And I'm like, Oh my God, there are so many misconceptions. I'm I'm still very much that scared dude of like, I never want to bug people. And that's always been yeah. my thing is like, I'm on a good front. I'm good at working a, like by myself and being autonomous because I never wanted to bother people. So I figured shit out myself. On the sure. bad end of that, sometimes I think that I'm more of an annoyance to certain people than I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that gets it's- tough to manage in a launch, does it not? It does. I think that if you're going to lean one way, like if forced to lean one way or the other, the way that you're leaning is better. Like having that awareness, I would always rather trend towards, you know, I I don't want to, you know, bother people. Obviously, you don't want to go so far that you never say your messaging at all. But I personally would rather that be the case. And that person is then that other person that's just so unaware and is not listening to their people at all. So I'd rather be hyper vigilant of like, oh, you know, I, I am, you know, I'm saying too much for the most part, if you are that person that's thinking like that, you're not saying enough or you rather you could be saying more. But I think that there if we're looking at, you know, future proofing, pandemic proofing, the longevity of your business trending towards that side, the side that you're on and I'm on very much on that same side is the better way to go. Yeah, you may miss a few sales, but you said it earlier, Brett, like, guess what? There's another podcast episode coming out and there's another product that I'm going to be doing. There's another thing that I'm going to be doing and I will capture that those people with that. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's tricky too, to get people to understand the true urgency behind it because so many people you've mentioned trust a number of times now and, and opportunity. There are people that are going to perceive certain things as tactics. Like when we do a launch in January or February, 
like we're going to have it available at a certain price. And then there are certain people mm-hmm. that think, well, it's not really that price. You'll do it again. It's like, no, no. Like we really don't know like how many times we're going to do this. We're we're actually yeah. waiting on the feedback for you guys, right? Like yeah. there's no there's yeah. no like, oh yeah, I have this master plan on the calendar and I'm going to launch it here and make you feel really bad about when you bought it the first time. Like for you has that been something that that has your audience do they do you feel like they have a healthy relationship with money Shante? Do they like when that, you, go what? What are you laughing at my ridiculous voices again? It's so good. It's so good. We, it's so good. I mean, it's so spot on with what you're saying. Uh, and I think that's, that is, I try to tell the story around the story. And that's the message I try to put out there. And I, and I do this with my emails when I'm not launching. I do this with my posts when I'm not launching something is letting them know that I need people to pay for solutions to problems they actually have. I need them to trust in themselves. I need them to act when is appropriate for them. So I don't want them doing something just because they think that it's going to go away, whether it's from me or from anyone else. And I found that in really spreading that message and showing up that way, that people do that, you know, the same, then they show up like that. I and just, and if, you know, I truly believe, right, that we are in the information the, we are in the information age, which means if people really want to find an answer to something, they could go and do it themselves and Google it and, and things like that. Where I think that our audiences are really looking for is someone who they trust to tell them these things. So my thing that I'm trying to tell them is I need you to trust in yourself. Do you need this thing right now? Do you have this problem right now? Do you have time for this right now? Where are your priorities? What is, what's going on in your life? Okay, cool. This is, you know, it lines up. Then go ahead and and do the thing and get the thing. And I think that because of the messaging I put out around that, most people know that it's not about, you know, I'm not going to trick them into anything else later on. Um, But I also always do say, Brett, that I really do reward early adopters, um, whether it's that it's at a lower price or just like you said, when the people that come through the first iterations, they get not necessarily the most out of it, but they're the ones that are really forming this thing. So I can really make it like tailored to them. So they win, let's say in that regard, even if the price stays the same moving forward. So I, I personally, as an early adopter, uh, you know, I want to reward my other early adopters and encourage people, you know, to act in that way if it fits, fits in with their, uh, with their value system. So I will do that. Um, But I think that the messaging I've given around things now, people are like, oh, well, she's not trying to like, trick us i can't like, do no, it it's, well it's just like anything else right <laughs> and like not only rewarding your early adopters which is an excellent point but like also the people that invest in you the most you know we it's live it. we live by a costco yeah. and we like as ridiculous as that sounds that like that was one thing we wanted to make sure we lived by and uh <laughs> like i pay an annual membership for that well similarly at art of coaching we have a we have a group called the coalition and it's like our mastermind group well, people that are a part of that get more benefits than people that just, I don't know, maybe have one free download, yeah. right? Because yeah. they've invested and and because they've 100%. invested, we're able to provide them with a better service. Kind of like you go on a retreat. Let's say you went on a vacation with your significant other or your friend. Well, like, you know, if you pay like and you splurge on a hotel room or what have you, you may get better toiletries. You may get some other little things. You may get better chocolates on your pillow. You may get some added benefit. If you have a credit card that gets different benefits, oh, no, I'm going to have people that are like, you shouldn't tell people to have credit card. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, you, you know, you, you've got to reward those those kinds of individuals that are going to invest most highly in you because that's who your work is ultimately for and meant for, people that's that it. go in and make use of the information. That's it, man. Amen to all of that. All right. So as we wind down, I just have three more questions for you, and they're super easy. They're low-key, okay? Uh, As we put ourselves out there in the world, and I think you're already strong at this, but as we put ourselves out there in the world, you inevitably learn more about yourself. With our inherent fascination and art of coaching of communication, I have to ask you this. How Mm -hmm. do you approach becoming a better communicator, whether that's clarifying your message, being more introspective, is there, you know, and I don't want to use the word process, is there something you lean on or are you just one of those folks that think, yeah, you know, I'm going to go through life and just through life experiences, I'm going to get better at it? Or how do you kind of approach becoming a better communicator and clarifying your message? I think the biggest thing for me in becoming a better communicator is becoming a better listener and really being able to sit and listen. I think especially right now, Brett, it's so important to people do this because so many people listen just so they can respond. 
right? They're not listening to like actually interpret it. They're not listening to hear that other person, how they want to be heard, which is so, so important. And so for me, it's about just refining that skill of, can I actually, how good is my listening? Can I actually hear what that person is saying and, and feel them, hear them, see them as they want to be seen? Very well said. We have a game that we play out. We actually just played at one of our apprenticeship workshops, um, you know, that, that we had a lot of clinicians and it focuses on listening and it's just called last letter first. And the idea is there's, and there's many permutations as there are progressions and regressions with mm-hmm. exercise and therapeutic modalities. But the, the most basic way that I'm going to discuss on the show is I say a sentence and then you have to reply with whatever the last word I said uh, ended in. So if I said, hi, Shantae, how was your day? The last letter there is Y. So you have mm-hmm. to begin the sentence in which you reply, your reply with Y. You have to start that. You have to, hey, so Shantae, how was your day? How was, how was your day? You could say, yesterday was rough. Today is going much better. And then mine is an R. Really? Why? Harder than you think. Definitely. I'm like literally over here like, what letter is that? Okay. <laughs> That's like, and the next time I see you, we're going to sit down for five minutes just because I want to see where your mind goes. And that's actually how we have to greet each other. We have to be like, Shantae, nice to see you again. What are you going to say? Nice to see you. How are things? You took the easy route, Shantae. You, you, like, you just repeated it. Nice, but it's, it's all good. So nice to see you. How are things? Some things are going really well. Other things are stressing me the hell out. Tell me more. There you go. Beautiful. See, you're a natural at it already. <laughs> but it is something practical, and, and I just do that wow. jokingly. Well, because, right, we talk about being, dope, Brett. We talk about being a better listener. And it's, yeah. it's tough because, it's, all right, well, give me something practical then. You know, and, yeah. and, and if people are struggling with it, and tell me what you think of this, like full-on disclosure. If people struggle mm-hmm. with it, I say, listen, guys, don't worry about the reply at first being uh, reminiscent of what they actually ask you. Like, just, just focus mm-hmm. on a reply. Then when you get mm-hmm. better at it, yes, make sure it loops in. So if she asks you how the ribs were, keep the focus on the food or the ribs or what have you. But it's just sure. this idea of flexing a muscle cognitively that saying yeah. like listening is decoding a message. So why wouldn't you, I used to do this with my athletes in my warm ups. I'd say, Hey, how are you feeling today? Sore everywhere or anywhere in particular, my shoulder really. Right. And then you just, you're like, Holy mm-hmm. shit, I'm not listening as closely as I think I, I am, but maybe mm-hmm. I freaked you out with that. No, that's, that's, that's super dope. I really, I like that. And I'm wondering if, have you, can you play that as like as a mutation of that, like where you're also, I don't know, mirroring their body language, right? We know this and we're talking about sales, things like that. That is for me really big. I think I, I'll just, all of us in the movement world, things like that, like seeing, listening, and it's great listening with your eyes, uh, you know, listening with your ears, but then listening with your eyes as well as the next level thing and like, as a therapist, we do that. The person says like, oh, my hip hurts, but they touch their back. And you're like. <laughs> yeah, no, spot on. Oh, yeah, and we, like do that, we have these seven ways, just kind of, you mentioned the FMS earlier on. We have kind of a communication FMS of these seven things, verbal, nonverbal, paraverbal, how well you build off the conversation of others. So you and I can geek out on that on another episode. Okay. All right. You bet a good sport. Only two more questions. One, I need the worst joke, you know, like the cheesiest quote unquote dad joke, something that like you, like somebody's going to cringe at and it's okay to take a second, but give me, give me a joke that you're like, all right, here's one for you. I like literally, I'm like, I don't even. It's all right. I'll give you, I'll give you, we'll give you a certain amount of time. You don't have any bad jokes. I mean, that's the reality. I'm like, I don't, I, I like block those out of my memory strategically. Okay. Then we'll give you another one. How about, give me, give me a hot take, something you agree with wholeheartedly that you think other people would be like, nope, no chance. I, I don't agree at all. What's something that you agree with or that you think okay. or you believe that you think people would immediately be surprised or have this knee-jerk reaction to? The first thing that the first thing that I do every morning for my morning routine is I check Instagram. I check it while I'm in bed and sometimes I do that for an hour. And I know some people are like, don't sleep with the phone in your room. Don't do this thing. That's how I live, and that is what I wholeheartedly agree with in terms of if you want that as part of your morning routine and it's healthy for you, do it. I love it. I can't ask for anything more. You got super tactical with this. You you gave us great advice in terms of finding your audience, being patient with your platform, understanding how to connect, understanding strategies behind how to connect, how to listen to your audience, and all those things. Like This is a podcast that if people don't rewind, listen to, and reflect upon, I, 
there, there's not much else we can do. Shantae, if people want to support you, learn from you, uh, take part in your courses, your products, your projects, anything like that, what is the best way knowing that, you know, and we'll link it below, but where is the number yeah. one spot they should go to? Instagram, always the easiest. I'm the movement maestro, maestro is spelled M-A-E-S-T-R-O. Simple as that. Guys, this has been the Art of Coaching podcast. We appreciate you. Shantae, I, I appreciate you. We've only been able to interact a couple times, but you've always been such a positive, avid supporter. I love you to death. Anything you ever need, I am there. And I can't thank you enough for sharing your time with us. Big appreciation for you, my dude, and everything that you are doing. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. All right, guys, until next time, the Art of Coaching podcast, Brett Bartholomew, Shantae Colfield, signing off. <laughs>